The books will show that Geelong won the 2022 AFL Premiership and what a win it was. Joining us now to give us his take on what we saw on Saturday, Timmy Hodges from AFL 360. Good morning, Timmy. Uh, g'day, Jared. G'day, Paul. Nice to be with you. It was a, it was a season to remember. The home and away season was as good as perhaps any we've ever had in the in the game's history. Um, September's final series was brilliant, uh, but Saturday's grand final could get the bin. It wasn't a great game. It may be one of the worst games of the year, which is so unfortunate, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I said to Paul earlier, I kept watching it because I just wanted to see all of these records broken and to see who kicked the goals and how far they'd win by. Um, well, that's a bit sadistic of you, Jerry. But um, oh, well, uh, yeah, it was, honestly, it was it was just it was minutes into the game where you thought, "Oh, Sydney's just in damage control already here," and that was like two or three minutes into the game. So yeah, as John Longmire said, it was it was a it was a complete system shutdown from them. That uh, and it, it will you often talk about grand final scarring, and that might scar this team this young Sydney team that got to a grand final before their time. And it's unfortunate that collectively they all played, they, they all played, every single player on the field played their worst game of the year by some way. And even John Longmire afterwards said that his coaching performance was atrocious. And that even goes back to, you know, Thursday's selection when they named Sam Reed when that he should never have played. And you just wonder what that sort of relationship will be like now going forward between Sam Reid and John Longmire, the loss of trust there that he couldn't go. And he clearly, whether he ticked a few boxes during the week or enough boxes or whether he was just not being honest, that when he had to go in a game, he was no good and he was out of the game by half time. So, yeah, it was a it was a horror show for Sydney. And it was so unfortunate on the biggest stage to experience that. Um, but that's what we copped. We saw uh, uh, some of the t- TV numbers were down, Timmy, but I think a lot was put that down to the last couple of years. There's been a lot of people living in isolation in Victoria. This time there would have been more people out and about at pubs and clubs and barbecues and whatnot. So there would have been just as many eyeballs on TV screens, but maybe just not as many TV screens. Oh, I mean, you can... I know the headlines were, were outrageous yesterday, but, yeah, the last two years, I mean, two years ago, we actually, down here in Victoria, we weren't allowed to leave our house. We had to sit on our couch on our own and watch the the grand final up in Brisbane. And last year, you know, you couldn't even get into WA, so you, you were stuck again at home watching. So, yeah, the numbers were have been blown um, through the roof the last two years. Um the day numbers clearly aren't as high as twilight or evening numbers. That's a fact. And that's why I think this will be, 2022 will be the last day grand final there'll ever be on the back of those numbers. You, you also, there's two more, more factors I reckon you put here, and, and that's the, the absolute horrible game. Like It was over so early that no one was sticking around if you weren't um, a rusted-on AFL fan especially in the northern states, that market you want to capture to blow them, blow the, the TV audience well above 4 million, that they just weren't hanging around because it was gone. And then you have to look at... It was a horrible week for the game, a horrible week, and, and I'm sure that may have had some effect, impact on, on some numbers, that the, just the racism storm that we all lived through, that maybe people... Maybe people made a stand and didn't watch. So if there are enough of those, then it, it makes them the TV ratings what they were. But I've got no doubt, guys, that going forward from 2023 and beyond, we'll have a Twilight Grand Final um, that will be starting at about 
4, 4.30 that will get past the 6pm, will go into prime time and will boost those numbers up enormously because 7 won't cop those numbers that they copped on, on Saturday. I suppose the other thing too is it's, it's more timely for overseas viewers, the later... Um, well, yeah, yeah. America is, yeah, America can be better uh, the earlier it is, so they don't yeah. mind that but pumped in Europe, into yeah. America. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that seven after just signing that enormous TV deal, that's the last thing they probably wanted. That's the last thing I reckon they expected for the numbers to be. They they were just off completely to a point where there's something wrong. So yeah, I've. Um, there's no de- there's no way that grand final will be starting at 2023 next year and for I would think forever from that point on that once they go to a twilight game at the MCG, I mean you saw at the quali- um, the qualifying final Collingwood and Geelong that's one of the best atmospheres I've ever been at and that was just a month ago and that game started um, uh, at 4:30 it was an unbelievable spectacle uh, it finished in the evening it got the enormous tv ratings that the tv networks crave uh, it just looked better like the the fireworks looked better you know fireworks during the daytime look ridiculous uh, but that's what they pumped out for for Robbie Williams and Robbie Williams was bloody fantastic guys um, I, I thought that pre-match entertainment final in the AFL grand final completely and utterly nailed it spend the money and it's worth every cent but uh, imagine that at halftime in the evening, like that would just have been um, yeah. uh, been quite a, even a, a bigger spectacle than what it was. Timmy, even the uh, the latest start on a Sunday afternoon for the final round, Carlton and Collingwood, that had I thought a, a better look about it because it, it was obviously earlier in the year, so it got darker quicker. But that looked better in the concluding stages than what we saw on Saturday. Yeah, um, you even go back one week to the prelim final at the SCG. That was a 4.30 start. That was a twilight game because they had to get the the travelling team Collingwood home should they have advanced to a grand final. So they couldn't have played it at night. It had to be a, a twilight fixture. But even the TV numbers, they're only half a million off the grand final. Like That's sort of the, the impact of once you go past 6 o'clock, people, uh, people are... People are home. People sit on the couch. People turn the TV on. And that's not what they're doing at 2.30 in the afternoon around the country. You even look at the pre-match entertainment, the money that they spent on Robbie Williams, the the, the TV audience was, was pretty average, to be perfectly honest, for that. So um, I think it's a great precedent that Gillen has said. It's a dangerous precedent for the next boss who replaces him going forward. That He's going to have to go and get a... I don't want to be the guy next year who has to replace Robbie Williams with, you know... You don't want to be, no offence to Daryl Braithway, but you don't want to be rolling out Daryl Braithway next year at the grand final. You've got to go mega superstar to, to replace Robbie Williams next year. So I, I sort of like that. I, I would love that at half time. I would love it if it was, you know, nearly 6pm with a twilight fixture. But I think it would look so much better. So uh, I think it'll be, yeah, it'll be rubber stamped if the NRL numbers, which you would think the NRL, even though it is an all-Sydney all affair, right, that it will probably still... Um, leapfrog those AFL numbers considerably uh, and, and that will force the AFL's hand and, and as much Channel 7's hand that they'll say we're not copying those numbers we're not copying the 2.30 start anymore it has to change going forward Jimmy, the body, lami- the body language seemed to suggest that we may well have seen the last of Tommy Hawkins and Joel Selwood is, is that how you saw it? Uh, de- definitely Joel Selwood uh, I would say definitely not Tom Hawkins he's, he's still got a couple of 
Uh, he's got a, at least one more year. I think he's still got a, probably a couple of years in him. I, I think it was almost that he was showing the emotion for his best mate, Joel Selwood, who has played every game of his, career, of his career alongside. Over 300 times they've gone out into battle together. Uh, and I think that is probably it for Joel Selwood, um, who was one of the true... Um, like Dane Rampey's speech post-game was, was so impressive um, when he would have been a devastated man. But to pay the... The tribute that he did to Joel Selwood, like what a career he's had, what a warrior he's been, what a leader he's been. And just his will to win is just um, like it's legendary down at Geelong. And for him, I sort of, uh, you know, I don't want to push anyone into retirement, but I hope that is it for him. Like what a way his legend just becomes even greater that his final game was, to be honest, one of his best games. And he gets to lift the Premiership Cup up, which he, he dreamt of. Like, he played in three Premierships as a kid. You know, his first year at Geelong in, in 07, won a Premiership. Then did it a couple of years later. And then a couple of years later, won it again. Then became the captain the next year after Cameron Ling retired after being a Premiership captain. So, yeah, I, I think it would be, like, what a way to what a way to go out. I mean, he could come back because he's got this ridiculous desire to keep on playing that he could come back and play next year. But... Um, like it would be hard to come back and do a pre-season after that when you could call time on the absolute ultimate high that he can live off for, for the rest of his life. Would appear as though Jeremy Cameron has enjoyed his post-grand final <laughs> celebrations. Timmy? Oh, did you see that vision of him down on his farm? Like, and these are all... Like, Geelong has become... And, and you know, Jared, you're down from... Uh, we're down from Warnable Ways, that where everyone barracks for Geelong, but... Geelong wasn't a desirable location to go and play your football for such a long period of time. They struggled. They become sort of famous when I was growing up that all they did was make grand finals and then lose them. And they lost four in a row. Uh, and now it is it, it is a location that people players want to, to go to um, and, and play their footy. And then they can go and live down at... Uh, Torquay or uh, Ocean Grove or Barwon Heads or, you know, down at Mogg's Creek or, or wherever where danger's from. Like, they can live on the beach. They have a, a relax, a relatively relaxed lifestyle. They're in the country and they travel 40 minutes to Geelong Stadium and that's where they play their footy. So it is it is a place where people want to play their footy. And then there's Jeremy Cameron who, who lives on a bloody farm and he's got cows and he went home and had 25 beers and put his medal around a cow and then the cow ran off on him so like that's um it was hilarious vision um thankfully he got the the, the medal back i think it was slightly damaged but um uh anyway it was good fodder for the social media and uh they are a, they are a likable bunch of blokes so you feel really happy for you know if that is it for joel selwood you feel really happy that that's how he went out in you know Tom Hawkins is a, 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 a terrific bloke, and what a year he's had. He's had his first boy, an All-Australian captain, now a third premiership, like a living the dream. Patrick Dangerfield, you feel, feel really happy for that finally he's won every single thing there is in the game, but a premiership looked like it was going to uh, elude him, and he's finally got it. So there's so many stories that you can go through from every line, and even Jeremy Cameron, like to, to play the first, the bulk of his career at GWS, then make the decision that, no, no, I want to go and play for Geelong. I want to live on the farm back home. And he's done that. And look at the, the footy he's produced. And he's finally got that medal that he couldn't get at the Giants. You know, they, they went really close in 19. Um, but, but he's got it in 22. We haven't really seen much of Joel Selwood off the football field throughout his career. But we saw some different sides to him at the weekend. And it was all positive. Oh, I mean, he ticked every box. And if that's what I think that... 
Even this year, Jared, you are right um, that he hasn't done any media. Like he even played his 350th game during the year and didn't even do, he did one. He did a press conference on the Friday, like the day before. Like he just. Uh, and, and I think that is down to the fact that Geelong was sort of adamant in that they weren't going to give him a contract and he didn't want to field those questions of, are you going to play on or is this it for you? And even, you know, to the point of yesterday when they were presented to their fans down in Geelong that he still really didn't want to address that question of, is it done? So I, I think he'll sit down uh, at some, I don't know, whenever, like they'll imagine they'll, they'll celebrate pretty hard for the next two or three or four days. Uh, maybe maybe the next couple of weeks, and then he'll sit down and speak to the people close to him, and and um, that's when whether he'll make the decision, you know. And he still may well go on. Like who knows, Geelong may find a spot for him and say, "Yep, we can absolutely guarantee you a spot." But if it comes down to the fact that you don't want Joel Selwood finishing his career in the VFL if things don't go particularly no. well next year, he's got this position there he can go out on the ultimate high. But you know, yeah, carrying out Gary Ablett's little boy. Um, um, you know, that was just magnificent before the game. Um, w- with Sam, their water boy, who has Down syndrome, you know, when oh, he found him fantastic. after the game and grabbed him and said, you're coming over the fence, and just his um, Sam's face light up and then yeah, when he get said, him over the what, fence. Yeah, me? Over the fence? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. Yeah, so just so many beautiful moments that I, I sort of, yeah, if that is it, then I, I'm sure Joel Selwood will find himself uh, in the media next year if that's the way he wants to go and... Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I think he's got a coach written all over him just because he's got that desire to win so great that I could see him becoming a senior coach at some point in his career. Timmy, what what happens now with AFL 360? When do you go into recess? Uh, The final show tonight. So, yeah, and then we'll just wait and see on this Hawthorne situation that we might be back at some point in the next couple of months. But uh, final show tonight to wrap it all up. Chris Scott, the the winning coach, Tom Hawkins, the the superstar forward who's been part of our players' night, all all part of the show tonight. So it'd be a great way to celebrate. Jared, the host, is a massive Cats fan, so he'll be strutting around really annoyingly. So um, uh, he'll be happy. And then we'll uh, draw a close down on Fox Footy for for the, the off-season to, tonight after our show. Timmy, just a quick one. Uh, will Brad Scott interview for the Bombers this week? Uh, I think he will. I think he will. And maybe the desire of watching his twin brother getting a second premiership medal on Saturday maybe burns that desire because then Brad Scott went to the Brisbane Lions 20-year reunion, premiership reunion yesterday. So I, I sort of hope that he does put his hand up and, and get back into the game. As good as he's been for the AFL, I'd love him back in Clubland. And we know you're a rev-headed heart. Are you off to Bathurst? Uh, in a couple of weeks, yeah. So the, I, I sort of liked it. It's the AFL Grand Final, it's the NRL Grand Final next week, and then the week after the, the Supercars' biggest stage. So, yeah, can't wait for that on uh, October 9. Well, Timmy, we'll, we'll catch up with you again soon anyway. You're always going to have news for us somewhere along the line. Uh, anytime James rings, I'll probably answer my phone, boys. So happy to, happy to talk to you anytime. <laughs> good, good on you, Timmy. Love having you on the show. Thanks, guys.